welcome back. This is Christy at Theater 3 and Jeffrey. Jeffrey, I always say Jeffrey and I never let you introduce yourself. You introduce yourself. Uh, hi, uh, this is Jeffrey. <laughs> Yay! And this is Uptown, Uptown Drama. Drama. And uh, this is just a podcast where Jeffrey and I get together and talk about Uptown and Theater 3 and everything that's going on around us. In the community. And so Jeffrey got this great idea that we should talk to people who have worked at Peter 3, you know, from way back and continue to do so and just get some history and fun stories about um, Theater 3. And so who do we have this week, Jeff? Well, we uh, have a very special guest today, Connie Coit Kitchens. Uh, Yay! Joining us. Um, that. Uh, patrons I'm sure would recognize. Um, we are so happy to have you, Connie. Thank you. I'm delighted to uh, be here. Connie, uh, what show, can you name some of the shows that you've done at Theater 3? Well, I, I, I added them up yesterday. In 46 years, I have, since 1970, 26 productions. And, uh, at, well, actually 30, if you count the Larry O'Dwyer Children's extravaganzas that we did for the kiddos on the weekends, <laughs> uh, which were, were full of mayhem. Um, the first show was, was uh, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum, the one before Terry Vandervoort did it with Larry, but it was with Larry. And then that, that show production was never done without Larry O'Dwyer and Jack always directed them. But um, anyway, it was it was pretty hysterical. It was my first show right out of SMU, and unlike Terry, and so many other people at the theater, I have no I had no theater background. I was an art major and a and a vocal minor, but I sort of got pulled into the theater department by people who were theater uh, majors: Kathy Bates, Garland Wright, Jack Hefner. I had no idea the. Uh, who those people were and who they would become. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but they pulled me in and since I was in the art department, there was no conflict between the music department and the theater department saying, oh no, you can't do this or you can't do this. Because notoriously in colleges, music departments and theater departments don't uh, cross pollinate very well. Mm -hmm. So I got pulled into a bunch of shows thanks to those people and Jack Alder happened to see um, Carnival that I did, that Garland Wright directed, Jack Hefter oh, did. The I love that and show. So three years later, in 1970, he found me. I don't know how you found people back then. I was working at Blue Cross as an artist and photographer. I did some graduate work in opera before that. But um, he found me and I sang for him and he put me in for him and he just assigned me the resident ingenue, although it was often called the resident virgin. Uh, of the company <laughs> because I did all of the ingenue parts. I ran the ingenue thing into the ground for about 20 years. All that's over good. I know, short that's, helps. That's a ingenue career, wow. Short helps and deeper pits <laughs> and, and it, it works. But so Forum was my first one and I told a story on that one. Do you want me to tell you more productions before I tell you a secret on me on that one? Oh, I don't know. What do you want to hear, Jeffrey? Um, uh, no, let's let's go secret. I think it's time. Secret, for well, so, secret. So here I'm coming out of SMU, totally green, no theater background, and I'm plucked into Theater Three with Larry O'Dwyer at his peak of craziness and um, Jack, 
and and all this brilliance around me and I was just a sponge I would soak it all up and I, I honed comedy skills I, it was it was undergraduate and graduate school those those early resident virgin days so I was a virgin in many ways at theater three so, including the real one if you really want to know so uh, <laughs> love where this is this podcast is going <laughs> so forum um it's, it's, larry would run over with his gags and milk it and and it was a vaudevillian kind of show and there was one and had this cute little white chiffon dress the little uh not a toga what do you call those things anyway those those little roman dresses and sandals and I was standing with my back to the exit by the, uh, by the minor, waiting for my cue to leave. And Larry kept going, and he kept going, and he kept going. And he made me laugh so hard that I peed on stage. <laughs> now, oh, I know yeah. everybody's talking about all the sex that went on on stage and backstage and understage. But I may be the only one that's ever peed on stage, and I've only told this story over wine, and I'm not drinking now. So, um, so I, I exited, knowing I had done that, and peeked back in, and in the in the lights was this teeny little glistening spot on the floor. So when the action went toward the major, I, I, I don't know who it was that crawled out there and mopped it up, you know, slithered out and slithered in. But that that was probably the most embarrassing thing. It's it's now very funny, but I have told very few people. I know they wouldn't have been drinking. So, um, well, I from now on, I am calling it the Connie Coit Kitchen Minor. Well, yeah, <laughs> my PP exit. It was my. <laughs> We're calling it the PP exit. But but I did learn and get better, and I, I I got to do some fabulous things. But I was a singer, so I was thrown into all of the musicals, which I loved. But that was what I was good at. So I never really thought, oh, that person's an actor. That person's an actor. Like Terry Vanderwerf would probably scare me. And I I worked with didn't work with Terry until 1995 and Gingerbread Lady. But um, I've adored him forever. But I just did musical after musical. It was Forum, and then it went to Anything Goes the next year with company, the first Sondheim I think they ever did in 1972. And it was still running on Broadway at that time. I don't know how Jack got that, but it was something. And speaking of pandemics, totally off the subject, but not really. Um, that was when the, the London flu came through. I don't know if anybody remembers 1972, you were kids. I was, but it was horrible. It was, it was high fevers and anyway, it went through the cast. And our illustrious stage manager, Sherry Meldy, uh, went on for almost every female role. Everybody caught it. And they were out for two weeks at a time. And wow. shows ran longer than two. So she, Patty Guir-McGarity would just throw poor Sherry into anybody's costume that she had to fit in. Uh, Camilla Carr was in that. She got sick. It was, it was a house of cards. But it was, it was a great show. And I absolutely loved doing, doing company. So that was uh, Larry, like, Larry was in that one too. Yeah. I did five shows with Larry. That was like a little like noises off situation where the stage manager just Yeah, but it wasn't funny. We were all really, really sick. It was oh, deathly no. sick. And it was an ice storm too. My turn to be sick was an ice storm. So it couldn't get my medicines. It was it was frightening. Anyway, and then I did Radigore with Larry, Gilbert and Sullivan. So you would think Larry wasn't a singer. 
but these are all musicals. Yeah. <laughs> these are all musicals. And, and uh, Rudigore is great fun. Uh, my, the coolest thing I ever got to do, and I lobbied for it a bit, and I've, I've, and I've mentioned to Jeff how much I hate to audition, and I don't think I'm very good at it. But I really lobbied for Tartuffe. Um, and I got it. And it was the 1977 one. And Larry was, was in that. And it was with, uh, I was Doreen, and Cecilia Flores was Elmir. Is that her name? Uh -huh. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, yeah, and and Larry was obviously Tartuffe. That was that was wildly fun in '77. I must admit. So anyway, and they just kept going. And um, the last wonderful musical I did that I was very proud of before I moved to New York was in '78, uh, Candide, and that was with Jack, and that was Bernstein, and it was something that I grew up listening to Barbara Cook sing it. And so I knew all the music and I never knew it would just come to me that I would get to do it. So um, it was also with Jack and it was also with Cecilia as the lady with one buttock. <laughs> the old lady with yeah, one buttock. Yeah, um, I was Gunaganda. I had two butt buttocks. So they're pretty cute back then. <laughs> you say you didn't start out as an actress. You were you were an art and a vocal student, uh -huh. and yeah. and then I mean you just mentioned that you really kind of like campaigned to to get the role of Doreen. So at what point? I'm just interested. Like at what point did you go like, oh no, I I am an actor. I'm not just a singer or or like I'm not just kind of like dabbling in this or whatever. I mean. Like I, I'm an actor. Well, it, it was it was kind of Jack, but I, I had seen Tartuffe. I remember exactly where I sat. Sat it was on West, right up the top of the aisle, that seat that's right there up the top of the stairs. Yeah. And I was with my parents, and oh gosh, what was her name who played Doreen? I just thought it was so delightful. I just held that from. I guess I was still in school. Um. So when it came up again in 77, so that must have been in 1969, 68, something like that, I can look it up. And I, I just, I really wanted to do it. And Larry coached me once mm -hmm. I did get it because I was this little soprano, this little soprano and this chirpy little voice. So he had me, he, he had me do exercises downstairs where I would walk in circles and just talk as deep as I could. Anyway, and my review said, Miss Coit sounded like she gargled with Drano, but I got the humor, I got the sound, and it was just amazing fun. And it was a challenge. It was it was it was just a fun, fun challenge, unlike anything I'd ever done. So, but mostly I still continued to do musicals. And when I moved to New York, nobody would take me seriously as an actress. I didn't even try. If I, if I did have an audition, I would go in and they'd look at my resume and go, "Oh, you sing, don't you?" And that would be the end of that. So I, I, I had a great time up there and I came back uh, to Dallas in 84. I married uh, Lloyd Kitchens, my fabulous late husband, who was chair of the board uh, actually in the 90s. Yeah. It, David Luther would have a lot of Lloyd Kitchens stories. Um, so I came back and then I did musicals again. So, um, except for one play right after my son was born, Ben. 
uh, safety. It was a, a new play by Patty Griffiths, and that was in 87, and it was wildly fun. Sharon Bunn was in it. Uh, yeah. Cheryl Denson was in it. Uh, Mark Fickert, Thurman Moss. Uh, it, was, it was wild. It was we fun, and, but it never had an ending. She kept rewriting the ending. So actually, once we finally froze it, its ending never quite happened. The show just stopped. <laughs> you also did Other Desert Cities. There's another straight play you did. Yeah, that was much later. That yeah. was much later. And that was, uh, when was that? 2014. 14. And, and that, that, was, that was very exciting. Jack, Jack said, I think you should do this. I mean, he would find things that he saw me in that I would never in my life thought I could do. And, yeah, you uh, that. I, you, you, I really enjoyed uh, that show. You, you were really good in that. Um, what? Well, uh, Lydia, Lydia was my daughter. That was that's right. My wife, Lydia. Was, yeah. Cindy Mayfield's in that too. And Cindy was my sister, and we did it again at Circle in Fort Worth. Um, I was going to ask, uh, what was yeah. you know? Because we, we rehearsals are 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 guided by so many rules and regulations now, and I'm sure those are always in place, but what, what, what were rehearsals like in the 70s at Theater 3? Oh, uh, well, everybody was smoking in the theater. Jack would be up there while, <laughs> while we rehearsed, smoking, smoking, smoking. And I was a singer and not a smoker, and that was very hard. Yeah. Uh, the, I, I forget the year that, I got Miyakity card in 79. So I guess they straightened up around the seventies when, when they were <laughs> equity. Yeah. But they were pretty loosey goosey, but, but um, I don't remember it being all that different. Yeah. It, it was, it was always challenging and fun. And I had a full-time day job too. And, but, but I didn't want to miss anything. So I would stay up late with Larry and, Wow. And and Patty, they lived in the same house together at that time on Swiss Avenue. Do you have mm -hmm. a like when you walk into the theater now, or you know, the most recent years? Is there a you have a persistent or consistent memory um, that just always comes to the top? Uh, the smell. Mm. There's there's a smell about the theater. You know, if you go back to an elementary school, sometimes you go, you have these flashbacks because of what it smells like yeah so that that's my main memory and then and then after after a sniff i can flash back on going up the stairs over the minor for something yeah it smells yeah. like paint and pee for some reason <laughs> it's mostly paint <laughs> <laughs> although i never walked by that entrance without remembering that yeah. <laughs> what um, do you have? We talked about this a little bit uh, that you were mostly uh, 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 on the Jack side, but uh, what was Norma like to work with? Did you work with Norma? I never worked with Norma. I was in absolute awe of Norma. She was brilliant. I saw her on stage and uh, she frightened me a little bit because I never thought of myself as an actress. I was, oh, I was the singer and the little, that little person. Um, but it, it, was, it, it was years later when I realized she respected me and really thought I was good. Because she, she wasn't effusive with compliments, as I recall. Yeah. With, with, with anyone. 
Um, or at least I didn't know it. Maybe it was just me, but she, she was, she was just an amazing human being. And once she went blind, uh, as, as Terry said on the podcast last week, I guess I should say, uh, she knew that theater, every inch of that theater. And I, I, I was just amazed at her. And I saw her do shows, forget the name of the production. She had her steps counted. She could count, she counted her steps, knew her lines, as far as how to get to what piece of furniture, where it was. The sense of, actually, you, you think it's, it's um, geometry, knowing right angles and, and how, how she did it, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, heard stories with, without a, without a cane. You know, you know, people do that and they find their way. But she she could pull off a, a gut wrenching character and not see much of anything but light and dark, probably. So anyway, I, I wish I had worked with her. That would have thrilled me. That that didn't happen. I was yeah, a jack baby. We're on the search for to get uh, Norma stories, and it's actually proven uh, pretty difficult. I you you say that we should talk to Camilla, though, right? Camilla, you Carl. should talk to Camilla. You would get a lot from Camilla. Hugh, can you get Hugh Fagan to speak? Oh, I'll, I'll see. I'll see if I can. I might be able to twist Hugh's arm to come out of retirement at least for a podcast. Um, but you, what would be fun is to get Hugh and Camilla on the same one. Oh yeah, there's a thought. That. Um, yeah. And, and and Cecilia has some uh, normal stories that I don't because she was an actress and I wasn't, but is an actress. We don't give it up. <laughs> we just uh, don't. Do we? Uh, uh, so who are we? So are we missing any uh, like key players from the from the from the seventies and early eighties? Um, you know, we hear. Of course, we're hearing a lot of stories. Uh, um, about Larry, which is, mm -hmm. is great. Uh, Terry, of course, uh, I, eventually I think we'll, we'll get to a, Ter a Terry Dobson podcast as well. Where we talk about Terry. Oh Dobson. yeah. Well, uh, I've got a lot of Terry stories, because, obviously, because, uh, I was a singer. So, but getting to work with Terry, Terry was very important. When I came back from New York, that was Terry, Terry's time. I didn't know him before that, but, uh, he music directed everything from 1984 yeah. on, I think. I think even in 83. So um, he was the best. And he was wild and crazy, too. Because he was he's a performer and he was a fa fabulous actor. An amazing actor. He could do everything. And um, I'm sure, Jeff, you knew that, too. You were around all those years. Not all those years, but... I'm pretty sure I'm the last person to hear him play that grand piano in the theater. Um, he, Aww. after his, um, the, the brain infection, I guess is what it was, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. started rearranging words and was having a hard time just with cognition. He came in, uh, when he was doing a little better, he had come in to do a few things in the office and then brought some sheet music up to the musical off to try to play. Um, and it was of course very frustrating for him, but I don't, it, there was no one else around. I'm pretty sure I was, I was the only one around to hear him play a little bit that last time on the, on the grand. And that was the last thing to go, his ability to, the music yeah. was, yeah. was always, always came out 
in his fingers. But, um, Jack and I spent a lot of, lot of time with him uh, when he wasn't at the theater anymore. We would go pick him up and go do things and he would repeat himself, but still be absolutely delightful. And he was so happy that it, he, he didn't get depressed with all of yeah. what that illness brought onto him. He was very happy. He says, well, I guess I just don't do that anymore. I'm just going to do something else. And he loved to travel. It curtailed his travel. But he was so upbeat and happy. Yeah. It, it was remarkable. It was absolutely remarkable. One of the things that I, that I really cherish about that time, and I'm glad I was around to see, like these key players that we're talking about with you and, and Terry Dobson and Sally Saldo, that from that core of people that made up essentially the company of theater three for, for a long time, how supportive of each other you were and are in, 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 ter in times of, you know, crisis and sickness, all of that. It was, it was pretty amazing to witness all of that. Well, never thought of that. That's just what you do. Right. I yeah. think we're all doing that now, certainly as best we can. So, um, but yeah, yeah. You, you truly do become like a family. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh, to hear Larry Dwyer, not changing this subject, but if Larry or Dwyer called you child, you were his. <laughs> and he called me child. And Kaylee uh, O'Dwyer Fagan uh, mentions that often. That Of course, he called him child because he was his godfather, or one of his godfathers, uh, and his namesake. But to, to be called child by Larry O'Dwyer was the moon. It was just the moon. <laughs> And, and I felt that way with Jack. I felt family, and I felt family with Norma. It really was a remarkable family of choice. And I learned so much. It, it, it boggles my mind. I, I don't think about it much, but this has forced me to think about it. Who I would be if, if Jack hadn't just looked me up somewhere. I, I would never have gone down there to audition. So I accidentally stumbled into something quite wonderful. I must did say. You, so Connie, did you, um, that, would you say that that was like your years, your early years there at theater three, not to change the subject too much or get on another subject or whatever, but that your early years working at theater three were kind of like your grad school maybe? I would like, say it was my undergrad. It was undergrad and grad school. Yeah. Because I had no background, you know, and I, right. And I wasn't even a music major. I was an art major. I had four years and then I had to get out and work. So I couldn't change my major to something that wasn't practical. That was sort of the way I was brought up. Right. Uh, so I, I stuck with it, but spent all my time and what, where my gifts were. So uh, it was just, a, it was a stroke of luck, really. I sometimes feel like, you know, I teach an acting class at Booker T. Washington to, to seniors. Mm -hmm. um, and I struggle sometimes with like teaching because I don't necessarily think that acting is something that you can teach. Like I feel like somebody has a talent or somebody shows a proficiency for it and you can help that person hone their abilities, mm -hmm. you know? 
and I've always felt like there's comes a point during the year when I want to say to the kids, don't go to acting school. Like, don't go to, don't major in theater. Um, go, go become part of a company. Like, that's the best way is to apprentice under all these masters, you know? Yikes. That's what I did. What do you know? Yeah, I feel like you were so lucky. I mean, and of course you deserve to be there and everything, but how apprentice in the, in the old school way under these yeah. incredible masters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, at that and doing summer stock at Dallas Summer Musicals for uh, eight years, that was, there's no summer stock anymore, but what an education that was. And uh, gave me the contacts that I uh, used when I went to New York. So I've been very lucky, very, very lucky. And I, I, I did my job, I did my best. and. I, that was great. The work breeds work was what it was always told to me. Mm -hmm. But but you can't teach funny. That's one thing you can't teach. No, you can't. I agree completely. You can't you teach funny. You're either and and funny comes out of seriousness. If you can't if you can't act, uh, it, it comes out of naturalness. Mm -hmm. So I I just think you have to be a a good actor to to really be funny because. Yeah, trying to tack it on, trying to say, oh, here's the bit, and I'm going to time it like this. It's usually okay, not yeah, funny. funny. But I, I can pick up, there are hallmarks of the, of the actors who went through this sort of undergrad, grad school of theater three in those days. Uh -huh. that, that they're, they're very precise, wonderful timing. Yours, uh -huh. Harry Vandervoort's, I mean, that's Larry O'Dwight. Like, you get, there's... It's recognizable. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it's you, you, you recognize those like those comedy chops that were learned in early yeah. theater three days. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is amazing. It is amazing. So you think, well, I didn't make any money doing those early shows, but look <laughs> what I got. Look what I got. <laughs> so, okay, you told us about the story from Forum that happened on stage. Do you yes. Have, do you have a favorite, like, absolutely just terrible cock up story from backstage like something that happened backstage that that almost was disastrous but nobody on stage knew was happening um well ugh. yeah it goes it goes back to forum and it was it was misbehavior um <laughs> it was the production was going on it wasn't the day i peed it was another day uh larry drank <laughs> larry would drink and so, oh, we would, let's drink too. Isn't that fun? Because I was sort of this little child and we, we would dress up in the light booth because he wasn't getting along with possibly other people in the cast. <laughs> so that happened. There was a lot of factionism going on. So I had to drink a red wine while I spilled it on my pretty white dress. Oh. My little chiffon dress. So uh, Sherry Meldy, again, our illustrious stage manager, she was also in the show. So here she was in her courtesan costume on her knees trying to get this red wine out of my, this is, you know, right backstage, trying to get this red wine off of the front of my white chiffon thing before <laughs> I went back on. She had her hair dryer and that was noisy. So they probably heard that. So it was probably Larry hearing that. So Larry would be getting very angry at hearing a hair dryer. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, I managed, we, and then she put baby powder on it. That was probably the only thing that just had me shaking in my little sandals. 
that I, I just ruined my entire life because I did something so stupid. <laughs> so I never did that again. I never, I never had that sort of fun again. But other than that, uh, well, but it did mess up the show. One time I was, I was doing Glass Menagerie and uh, it was very fast changes all the way around doing that. And so I, I come out in a coat for this scene. Well, another scene in the second act, I come out in a bathrobe. Well, accidentally, I was out on, on the town doing some business in my bathroom because I entered in my bathroom. That's what was put on me backstage. So that was internally funny for me. But <laughs> so I don't have any, I don't have anything that was totally scary, disastrous, possibly disastrous, but not. I don't know. I mean, I don't know, but the red wine on the white chiffon is po quite possibly disastrous. And I don't even drink red wine anymore. I like white because it doesn't sting. <laughs> <laughs> I did that once too. I was, when I was very young and I thought, oh, it would be fun, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. I went out on stage and I had been drinking and it was really terrible. I never, ever, ever, ever did that again. That was bad. Kids, don't do it. No, uh, no, no. It, don't ever do not, that. And, and I just had a sip. No, I had a sip to be cool, you know, because well, Larry's drinking. I, oh. Yeah. So I, I wasn't drunk. I was just mortified. Oh, <laughs> Absolutely man. mortified. And I was 22. If that, and a virgin, if that gives me any kind of a break. <laughs> Honey. Thank you so much. You're most welcome. It, this was such a good time. We're going to have to invite you back. We, we should, Jeffrey, we should have one where we have Harry and Sally all together. Yeah. And then you and I can just sit back. Yeah. I think, I think we need to do, like, we should do a round of these where we interview a bunch of people and then we do like the, you know, how like, the, yeah, we'll do the, like the reunion tour where everyone comes of together. Course. Uh, and really make, great. make sure you do talk to Connie Nelson because she's got enormous stories. Yeah, oh, and Bailey she, too. Yeah. Connie, Connie is in Nashville. I've got all of her contact info. So, yeah, uh, that'd You've be got to learn more about Norma. Yeah, yeah. She, she would have great Norma stories too. Well, thank you so much, Connie. It's been such a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you. I just loved it, and I think this is a, a terrific idea. And I, I enjoyed listening to the first one and. I'll look forward to the ones after me. <laughs> all right. We'll see you all next week. Okie doke. Bye. Bye. Bye.